0: Welcome to Pharmacy View, Technology and Pharmacy Business Podcast Series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. I'm talking today with Kavita Nadan, Managing Partner Pharmacist at Chemist Discount Centre in Endeavour Hills. Welcome Kavita.
1: Hi Scott, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, Kavita, we haven't actually met. I'm sure we will bump into each other at some point in time. But the reason we're talking today was that you wrote an article and published it on LinkedIn, and it really caught my attention because you, you I guess you popped up in my mind as a pharmacist that embraced technology. So for anyone that doesn't know who Kavita is, who is Kavita, Nate? Where are you today and, and what are you up to?
1: Sure. Okay. Well, I guess first and foremost, I am a pharmacist. I started in pharmacy, well, as a junior. So I've been pretty much in the industry for a good chunk of my life. So I started at the age of 16, worked as a, as a junior, didn't know I was going to get into pharmacy school at that stage, hadn't gone through the whole year 12 VCE. But once I did, I, I, I went into pharmacy school, went on to become a manager down in Churchill, Gippsland, which was a great experience, to be honest. I grew up in, in Gippsland in the rural area, but to go back there and to, to manage a store there was a, a really good experience both in the front of developing myself, but also the kind of customers, etc., that I came across and some of the the processes and things that I got to experience as a result. But having done that for a few years, I decided once I got married that I wanted to come back a little bit closer to home. And that's how I got into partnership. And so now I'm currently a managing partner, as you said, at Chemist Count Centre in Endeavour Hills and have been there for the last eight years. And it's been a great experience I mean owning my own store and having a great team to run it with has really been what's actually driven me and given me some of the skills that I've needed to be able to do my job as a pharmacist so
0: yeah oh, that's great and again if we then I guess link into how we got to this conversation around your article what what actually drove you to, to publish that article what was behind that from your perspective
1: Sure I guess when we talk about my article it's probably good to pull it back right to the start i mean let's let's go back say like 10 years ago where we were in a, a, an area of change where things were really getting driven by innovation and startups and you know that was the era of when facebook started coming up and and twitter and Having a husband who's in the IT space and very passionate about it, mind you, he used to throw around this saying, software is eating the world. Now, I don't know who said it, so please don't ask me to find out that out. I know my husband will probably be shaking his head if he if he knew this, but...
0: That's okay. He, well, he, he'll listen to this, no doubt.
1: Yeah, correct. But having said that, it got me really interested in, you know, what does that actually mean? So you'd say that, you know, basically software is now, you know, the demise of that whole traditional business model was really a focus now. So I started to get a lot more interested in this space and being around him, we started to discuss a lot of ideas, but predominantly like, I guess if you think about it, industry and the whole society was changing as a whole. So, you know, for example, like Netflix, initially a rental by mail service, you know, just different to the whole traditional model of your video shops and going to, you know, a video store, renting out a video that's made it part of your usual pastime. Yes. yes. Netflix challenged that and they said, you know what, how about we we create something different where you don't have to physically go somewhere. You, you can rent something online, a video or a DVD. And when Netflix went to Blockbuster and asked if they would acquire them, I think it was for $50 million, Blockbuster just pretty much laughed them out of that meeting. And Netflix now is worth $20 billion, for example. So that gives you an example of, you know, Blockbuster didn't obviously have that same vision and they didn't want to challenge the norm and see that they could actually challenge the traditional way of doing stuff. So this was a really good example of, you know, your early adopters, your visionaries, and the ones who were ready to take risks versus the ones who weren't, who were a little bit more conservative, still wanted to keep doing the tried and the tested Still going along with what was just if it's working why why change it kind of mentality yes. yep. and which also got you know if you think about that sort of group of people you tend to think about you know your big financial institutions as well and obviously they've got bigger risk in terms of money etc but they also wanted to start to play in this space so I don't know if you remember the ING ads I think it had that that comedian uh, Billy Connolly who used to yes, do the ads yeah. and I was thinking about it like. I don't think I, you will see a Westpac branch or an ANZ branch, you know, everywhere, nearly in every suburb. But ING tends to do a lot of their banking online and a lot of their marketing online. And that kind of started this whole wave of the banks getting involved in this tech space or in this innovation space, I, I would say. And like ComBank started their whole online banking. ANZ, they also partnered with Apple Pay. Now, this partnership allowed them to have exclusive arrangement where, you know, they would they would just act as, say so they partnered with Apple Pay and this helped for them to be seen as an innovator on the market,
0: okay. which also
1: okay. allowed them to increase their credit card sales and just be seen as someone who's to be taken seriously in the tech space. Now, I guess what this whole thing ties back to is if these large corporations were doing it, then clearly like, you know, pharmacy being a larger group as well, We can do it, but there's something holding us back. And what is it? You know, we tend to, I think, as pharmacists, we just inherently tend to be a little bit more risk averse. We like things to be a little bit more tried and tested. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because the reason we do this is because at the forefront of our mind is always going to be that we need to be aware of patient. Care that's yes. the first and foremost. We can't have even anything compromise that. Also, you know, obviously, privacy and confidentiality around this is a, is a is a massive talking point and discussion point. And also, I think a lot of pharmacists fear that getting too much technology involved can potentially lose that human touch as well. You know, something that is very valuable to our profession because we need to be seen. We're a client facing the profession.
0: First and foremost, absolutely.
1: First and foremost, correct. And I think a lot of the times as pharmacists, you know, as I said before with the whole blockbuster thing, why change it if it's not broken? So, you know, which also brings up that whole resistance to to change. I'll give you an example with the fax machine. So, you know, during COVID, when the peak of it all, we had a lot of, in terms of patients couldn't get to see their doctors, so obviously the whole protocol around how prescriptions were sent to pharmacies changed, and this involved Doctors directly faxing or email the prescription to the pharmacy. So doctors would be sending it directly to the pharmacy. Patients would come and collect it from the pharmacy. This created a whole new change in the workflow and processes that followed. Now, e-scripts or electronic prescribing had not taken off then. So faxes were probably taking about 90% of how scripts were being sent to the pharmacy. Okay, yes. But come 2021, you know, e-scripts has really taken off. And yet if I look at my how scripts are still being sent to the pharmacy, we're still faxing. We're probably still getting 70% of our scripts is still coming through the fax machine. On
0: the fax machine, which which I know historically is driven by the aged care facilities in a lot of-
1: As well, Yeah. Yeah. Yep, correct. And doctors and medical centres. You know, I remember we ha- I had to send a one of my staff members out to a medical clinic to help them with their emails because they'd never had to email something off, like especially a prescription C- to a pharmacy C- before. Just to help them, just add that extra layer of how yes, they can yes. get information across to us. And you think about it, like you know, it's something like a fax machine. Yes, you can send that fax off but who's on the other end receiving that fax you know you can't ultimately determine that the privacy will be maintained for this document that you are sending off but yet we use it every day because it's comfortable for us and we don't see that it's you know but the problem again is the fact that potentially technical problems could occur where we can't send the faxes 90% of the time people are calling the doctors and us back and forth saying the fax arrived no it hasn't call your clinic back and forth we go If you had an app, for example, to be able to securely send documents, it might not just be scripts, it might be other things that would go from one secure channel to another and you could just receive that in a matter of minutes or instantly.
0: Yes. And and in a lot of cases, you'd receive it without a black line down through the middle of the page
1: around changing the tone, this and that. I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, that's another issue with the faxes we receive is trying to decipher what's going on with all the grainy writing that's on the pieces of paper. You know what? It's part of our job to read all this stuff and yes, translate yeah. it all about it. I guess within half a decade, and I was thinking about within the half a decade that we've had in the last six, six seven years, we've had a, a, a little bit of inf- innovation, so quite a bit of innovation, but I believe I think we're just really getting stuck into the digital era, era in pharmacy and having said that now's the time we really need to try and change that mindset so when we talk about that i guess we need to start to think we're going to be and i agree like in terms of how much we've had put onto us in the last year or so has been massive we've had within dealing with a pandemic in itself was you know was a massive effort in itself but then having to change our work processes our workflows just to be able to deal with patient care, prescriptions. So you've had e-prescriptions, which have been probably one of the biggest players in the market at the moment. And yes. and then, you know, MedAdvisor, the whole SMS system, changing all that has been, it's been very trying of pharmacists. And I totally understand that, you know, when you get too many things put onto you, it can be quite challenging. But I think if we try and start to embrace this technology and see it as, you know, ways to be able to increase efficiencies And automation is going to lead to that so that we can deal with the more admin side of things can be done so that then you are more available to be able to have more of a human touch with your patients. Right now, an e-script for me to take that in takes probably five, you know, 10 seconds max if it works correctly. So I can get that patient's details scanned straight into my computer, their date of birth, their phone number, everything, rather than having to manually go through all that and spend close to, you know, three to four minutes, you're then doing all that admin work has been taken care of, now I have the ability to go out there and counsel my patient, spend time building that rapport with my customers. So it's it's actually not a deterrent to this human touch. It actually is going to enhance it from the way that I see it.
0: And it, look, it's interesting that you've raised that or mentioned that because certainly a few of my previous guests from a pharmacist perspective, that's been one of their key points as well is that, yes, there's a whole lot going on, but first and foremost, where they tend to be a little bit wary is if it's actually going to become an onerous task and actually detract from their ability to be the face to the to the customer. So uh, so again, you've just really reinforced that from your perspective as well, as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm finding. And I And I said this to a colleague, I'm like, I feel like I've been able to have more of a chat with my customers lately because you know that whole process of just handling the pieces of paper and getting data into the the system is being taken care of and this is where we want to get to so if we're trying to we're talking about a change in mindset we have to have this open to change open to failure and obviously not at the detriment of our customers ever but the ability to be open to new things to be able to better our own systems and our own processes in store and I guess one of the things would be that if I have experience with anything, is just to be able to put your hand up and say, hey, yeah, we'll give it a go. And we did that when we were, rolled out the, the new cloud software for Fred, Fred Next, I guess.
0: Excellent. Excellent segue to our next point. That was great. So talk, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, so that was probably one of the best and most involving experiences that I've had in pharmacy. Obviously, everyone's aware of Fred Software and, you know, it's a dispensing software and does a whole heap of other things. But we were the first pharmacy to roll out the Fred Next Cloud software, so the dispensing software. And that was back in 2015 that we really got the project started. And it was, it was a massive project. It had so many facets to it, so many people involved. There was a lot of prep work that was required before we could even think about rolling this out in store. We had several meetings. I remember going with my colleague, pharmacist, plus my retail manager, out to the Fred offices and sitting down with their core people and going through the actual software, going through all the features and having an input in all of this, which was bizarre. Okay. I'm like, why do they want to hear what we have to say but they did because we were <laughs> yes. the ones on site we were the ones in the battle zone so we had to be able to you know be able to feel comfortable and know that this product is going to be able to do what we need it to do and not only was it j- obviously the dispensing software but we needed our retail manager because it was a point of sale system as well that was being you know affected and and potentially all of my staff needed to know everything that went around it as well so we had a lot of staff trainings around that we also had to have an understanding that, you know, there will be things that will need to be ironed out. It's not going to be the perfect product from day one. And once we got that understanding in our head, we were able to be have a little bit more of an open, a lot more open mind towards how we approached this whole project.
0: As well. Yeah. And look, on that, something we didn't necessarily discuss offline, but uh, I recall sitting on a plane to Perth, It uh, would have been around about this time, and, and the person sitting next to me was a gentleman by the name of Paul Naismith. And I've known Paul for quite a few years, and uh, he was talking to me about the the new platform and the, the trials and and the, the challenges that came with it. And to reinforce, I think your opening point was that uh, his words at that time, which I remember really clearly, was that you know from his um, platform and efficiency perspective, you know this was going to be the future. But from getting an engagement in a pharmacy perspective, there were obviously these challenges around change, and I think that comes back to that early point: is that by nature, you know, pharmacists tends to be risk risk adverse, and therefore, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You know, you're going to ask me to change, and how am I going to change my routine? What's in, what impacts is it going to have? Am I going to be here for longer hours and that kind of thing? But obviously today, you know, that platform is is now operational and providing efficiency in your pharmacy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It wasn't overnight. It's probably taken, you know, up until now, and this product is still evolving. We're not even probably there at its full capacity yet. So and, and what was required was this constant feedback mechanisms just to help iron out all this stuff out because it's through that that you can then help it to evolve and enhance and get to where it needs to be. But it needed a lot of teamwork around that. And I guess we were put in a really unique position because being the trial store we were able to have enough feedback to be able to shape that product and that's what you get when you put as i said before put your hand up and say hey let's do it because then you can understand the ins and outs of it and can help to shape that product to how you think it will best fit your store or your environment or your industry and another good thing that came out of it was the fact that we de- developed a really good relationship with the Fred team. Like I remember getting along really well with a team that we had dedicated to us. And, you know, we could call them anytime, any day, any hour of the day, and they would just be on board with it. And that provided a great user experience on both ends, I think. As
0: well. Yeah. And again, I know from my interactions with the Fred team, it's the same kind of thing is that yes, whilst there's a business sitting behind this this platform, it's still very much about the user experience and the customer experience and the customer experience acceptance, um, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Correct. And ultimately, that's what we should be aiming for is the user experience should be great. And when we talk about it on a pharmacy level, that user experience should be great for us as the pharmacy and especially for our customers and our
0: customers as well. Yeah. So that's, I guess, where you're at today. And, and again, if I come back to this, how, how did we begin this conversation? It was around the article that you wrote. So you're obviously very passionate about um, IT, digital technology in the digital age. And, and I think your example with the um, the blockbuster is a good one because- you know, I, I deal with um, businesses both in pharmacy and outside of pharmacy and, you know, someone that's got a very successful business today, you know, had this really good idea 10 or 15, 5 or 10 or 15 years ago. And, and so when it became a success, it's almost like, well, that was what I set out to do. Why would I now want to change? I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with where I am. But you look across even recent years, I, I, carnage isn't quite the right word, but, you know, brands and businesses that you know, we've been involved with, that we've known about, have disappeared or are slowly disappearing because someone else has come up with a new idea and ultimately that's what this is about you've embraced change or you're embracing change but you're still i think sitting back wondering well actually what's next so so what is next what where do you think this is going to go
1: that's that's right scott and you've put it perfectly because i think you know what's next none of us really knows what what is the next innovation what's next on the market there is so many opportunities out there right now but what I know is that we need to now think about how we can use what we, in terms of how we change our mindset, as I've said before, is to think about a few things in terms of embracing the changes and the innovation that are getting coming at out to us and getting thrown to us at such a fast rate. Right. In terms of, like, say, groups, I think, you know, For them, as we mentioned the ANZ example, they partnered strategically with somebody who had the tech. They didn't necessarily have it themselves, but they knew to partner with someone to be able to then you know, go out and innovate and been seen on the on the market as innovators and, and someone in the space. So for like pharmacy groups, I think it's important that they stay and they're probably doing this and they are doing this already, is using or leveraging off external platforms to enhance their offerings. I mean, good examples of these are, you know, click and collect, which is, is is a massive innovation to, to the market at the moment. Your loyalty programs, another great offering that a lot of pharmacies are off are giving to their customers. So these all, you know, weren't absolutely built in, in within the group, but they have used or partnered with with people to be able to to develop it or get this out there to, to the rest of the market. And then it makes them appear and it does help them to appear as innovators in, in the digital transformation space. So I guess for us at store level or as pharmacists to then be able to use this technology and to embrace it, we need to first and foremost, obviously not be fearful of it. So we need to say, hey, this is happening. Let's get in there. One of the things is like, fail first, fail hard, obviously without any detriment to anybody else or, or patient, yeah. yeah. but it's like jump in, give it a go, all else fails, get back on the bike and keep going, right? Yes. So, you know, no, no software will ever be fit for purpose from day one. Having that at the back of your mind, I mean, Escripts is one one example of that. Now, it's funny with Escripts; you can see that there's so much potential. It's still a, a work in progress right now. And my my pharmacy student and I have this joke every Monday, and it's usually due to some updates or whatever might be going on that we will notice most Mondays we walk in, and you know, Escripts might be down, the platform will be down. What we have done is just to help to develop some processes around working with that, so that we, in in turn, are not making our customers wait it's not affecting workflow but we know that you know these things happen so let's change or you know let's change some of our processes in store to be able to deal with these Things that do occur.
0: Things, yeah, so, so it's almost, you know, whilst you've embraced a platform, don't necessarily throw the old one out or have it parked. And, you know, the example I, again, I am old enough to remember this and I'm, I'm not sure if you are, but um, I, you know, I certainly in, in my younger days used the old um, credit card machine, you know, the click, the click clack machine. And, and the reality is today is that if an post goes down, and we see it when, when the, the networks do go down, people actually don't know what to do. It's almost like I can't transact with you because I can't, I can't process your credit card. But a smart operator or a street smart operator will find a way to solve that problem for that customer then and there, get them on their way, and then, and then fix the problem when it all comes back up again. That's, that's what you're talking about, isn't it? It's having a redundancy plan for the major platforms or, or be reliant on them from an efficiency point of view but don't not think that it's something could go wrong at some point in time.
1: Correct. You cannot wholly and solely rely on that and that's it. You know, we never close our doors. Even if there's a power outage, we'll we, we don't we, we'll close the doors, but we'll never stop servicing our customers.
0: Customers, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and that, that has to be maintained at all times. And so as a result, I think, you know, knowing that things will keep evolving, like and a good example of that is, for example, MedAdvisor, When it first came out, it was a very simple product, um, which was just a, a SMS messaging platform to the customers. Yep. Get their phone number, send them a text saying, hey, these scripts are ready to be collected or, you know, due to be renewed. They send back a yes you get it, their files or get them to bring your scripts in, done. You know, that's just how it worked. That was a start. Fast forward a few years later and now they have an app. And what this app has allowed is for them to have great, for the customers and the patients to have greater visibility around yes, their yes. own prescriptions. They have Correct. more control. They have more power. They have a lot more, you know, transparency and ownership of their own health and their own health outcomes. And it opens up a lot more conversation around patient care with the pharmacist. So you're not only just telling them here, here's a script, come get it filled, we can have more discussions around it because they have that visibility now.
0: And, and in effect, it's it's almost like the administration side of the interaction is is managed by the platform, which, again, knowing that that just happens, gives you more, t- more face time than with the customer. That's what we're saying.
1: Absolutely. And I think if we can start to have these things, you know, in process or in our mind, then we're going to be well well positioned to be able to embrace all the things that are coming our way whether it's now. And I said in my uh, blog, the future is now, the future is now. Like we really need to start thinking this way to be able to move forward.
0: Yeah. And look, Kavita, that's been really good to chat today. I'll make sure that I put a link to your blog so that anyone that's listened, it's it's been one thing for you and I to talk about it. You wrote it, I've read it, and, and hopefully some other people have read it, but I'll put a link to that so that people can also read it. And if a pharmacist or someone wanted to get in contact with you, just through LinkedIn is, is a good option.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn is a great option. So, you know, reach out to me. I'm in. more than happy to have a chat. Always open.
0: And so, Kavita, thanks very much for your time today. That's been really good to chat. I've enjoyed it. I look forward to um, as soon as we can actually catching up face-to-face now that uh, we're a little bit more, not quite relaxed, but at least we're, we're allowed out in Victoria. It's um, a, a, And you're not too far from me, so I'll even, if I need to, come and pop over and, and see you in the pharmacy.
1: So, oh, absolutely, Scott. You're welcome anytime. And it was great. I love talking about this and um, you've been a, a great to be able to discuss all this with so thank you so much
0: not a problem at all thanks for your time today
1: no worries take care
0: thank you for listening today pharmacy view is a technology focused podcast provided by melbourne-based business arian technologies and shopfront solutions over the podcast series our guests include pharmacists retail managers wholesalers suppliers and industry technology partners If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website pharmacyview.com.au.